Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of The Memory Box. Here I will be discussing anything nerdy and just my personal memories and how that has affected me over the years. And this first episode will be about Pokemon Sapphire. Now, Pokemon Sapphire is of course the third generation and it came out early 2000s and at the time I was pretty young and my brother and I had to share the game. You can guess how that kind of went over, it probably wasn't the best, but it's, it always was a good time. It probably has probably one of the best starter lineups besides Gen 4, which has a really good one at that. But out of all of them, out of Trico, Torchic, and Mudkip, I would always pick Trico. I don't know why, but I was always drawn to him. Now, of course, as a kid, you don't really know what you're doing, and I was no exception to that rule. For a long time during the startup, I would just watch the Poochiana chase the professor around and see if anything would change. Of course, nothing did, but, you know, it's still funny. And just the fact that how the world was structured and just how everything was made was really, really held a place in my heart. And it still does to this day. Hoenn is my favorite region out of all of them. Though it does have its issues, of course. I mean, you, there's a lot of backtracking, and there's also a heck of a ton of, uh, water. <laughs> there's a lot of surfing involved. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> but, I don't know, it never really bothered me that much, especially the surfing music. I, I will say that the, the soundtrack from this game is very, it's very good, it's very nice. I won't say anything more than that of course but you you get what i kind of mean by that is that it's just it's very mellow it's very well except for one and i think we all know what that one is it's the it's the battle theme which is just a bunch of horns <laughs> yeah the pokemon for this region is i think quite interesting i mean we have things like metagross which is just a full-blown computer shift tree which is like a yokai and Sableye, which is just a little gremlin who likes to eat rocks. Like that sort of thing. Of course we have we'll have returning, of course we have Pikachu and such, but they are very unique and I think that makes them very special. Well of course all the region has very exclusive Pokemon, especially nowadays with the new forms of old ones, but it's still it's still very interesting to look at and to me, everyone, all the characters have a certain personality, in my mind at least. Like, the villain team are very, well, pirate-themed, of course, considering their attire and their team Aqua. I never played Ruby, so I don't know how Team Magma is, but that's besides the point. The point is that Team Aqua is very pirate-themed, and I love the fact that their plan is just that they want more water. And to do that, they're going to wrestle a giant fish. <laughs> Which I always loved, especially talking, getting back, getting into the legendary now a little bit. Especially with the startup animation, you just, the start screen, you just see the outline and the glowing red lines that Kyogre has. And I always thought that was really cool, especially as a kid. Because I would just sit there and be like, wow, he's so glowy. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, legendaries of themselves, especially as you get older and you get more experience with the games, they're not really anything special, but when I was young, I always found, especially Kyogre and Latias, 
very interesting and just the way they were designed and how they looked and how they functioned of course and kind of getting to the functioning a little bit this was the first of the re of the games i believe that had that attack split where it's now physical and special and that also goes for defense and speed was just left alone and of course that kind of messed things up a little bit because some things weren't calibrated right of course this was the first time this had happened but it definitely fixed the problem with the first two gens of making certain pokemon especially overpowered i mean look at any psychic type in the first generation they could just steamroll everything and the only thing that could counter them were bugs and they would of course just be squashed so that doesn't matter <laughs> i'm very curious as to the design philosophy behind it because i understand it was based on the real world of course like most but i find it very interesting of how much the seafaring and especially with certain aspects of the game I find very interesting, especially with the Reggies, for example. It's written, if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, the Reggies are language in order to find them. It's like written in Braille or like a Braille style of language, and it's very. I mean, you can't read it because it's a screen, so you have to find a way to like figure that out, and that's very interesting. The only Reggie I was able to get a hold of was Reggie Ice, and therefore he is my favorite. I know there's brand new ones out, and that's cool and everything, but that big block of eyes will always, will always hold a special place in my heart in particularly, just because, I mean, it's just a big block of eyes, and it's just goofy. I never managed to get a hold of, kind of keep going on, I never managed to get a hold of Reggie Rocker steal because I couldn't find them. I looked everywhere of course but I couldn't figure it out because I was a kid and I couldn't... <laughs> I was very stubborn on certain things. Getting the roaming legendary Latios wasn't hard because like I said I was a stubborn kid. Still am. But yeah I mean chasing that thing down was frustrating but finally getting a hold of it was just amazing. It felt great. I mean, I mean, of course, why wouldn't it feel great? It is, after all, a roaming legendary, and those are hard to get already. Like, Raikou, Suicune, and Entei in Generation 2, because they decided, hey, here they are in this burned tower. Oh, they're leaving. Wait, come back. Except for in Heart Gold, I think Suicune at least is nicer about it, because I believe Suicune sticks around a little bit. Or at least it's easier to find, unlike Entei and Raikou, or just kind of bum around. And also, Sapphire, kind of, because I remember they also had those shiny events for Suicune, Raikou, and Entei. And that reminds me, Sapphire is actually the first game, first Pokemon game that I got a uh, shiny on, which, oh, that holds a special, that holds, is a very special memory, and it's why I kind of wanted to talk about it and is the whole reason for this. One night when I was about, I believe, eight, nine, maybe 10, I was staying at my uncle's house. It was barely dark outside. Still, sun was still out a little bit, but was starting to go down, it was summertime. 
And he was asleep on the couch. The TV was on. It had this kind of blue glare going everywhere. And I was playing the game, of course, with my little brother. And I'm just... He actually let me have a chance to play it because he was going from gym to gym, of course, like you do in every game. Sorry, I don't really have to explain that. But he's... He let me have a chance, and I'm just surfing on the water, listening to music because I enjoyed it. And all of a sudden, there's a random encounter, and it's a Wingull. Now, Wingull isn't anything special, except for this one. This one had green wingtips instead of the normal blue. And I, of course, didn't know what that was. I was like, oh, what's this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> catch it, catch it first, catch it first. So I, after he walked me through it, he got me to where I needed to be to get it. And I managed to ca- catch it with a Pokeball. And that was the very first shiny I had, was a Wingull. I had a shiny Seagull. <laughs> I still have that on that old cartridge back home. And every once in a while, I like to boot it up and mess around, see all the see all the thing, all the Pokemon I mean him had got together. Of course, there's a lot of duplicates because I wanted my own version of them. <laughs> uh, I remember, especially, I would name them such ridiculous things. Like I believe a clay doll, I named Bullseye because of all the dots around the head and I always I always found that to be one of the funniest things I had a weird sense of humor but yeah just going looking back a lot of a lot of good memories a lot of fun the gym leaders I always found very interesting especially with their design because we go from like Roxanne to I think Brawly Brawly fighting type gym leader I found him very interesting in the fact that he's just this buff dude. And then later on, we have the pilot girl. I forget her name, but her freaking Altaria is the stuff of nightmares. And will crush most teens because of its dragon dance. And then they'll just ice beam everything to death. And then there's Steven. Steven Stone. Steven Stone is the one of, if not the best, champion that the Pokemon series has ever had. Now, I know how that sounds because, of course, we have the freaking dragon goddess herself, Cynthia, and she's a whole other beast in and of herself. But this was the first champion that I took on was Steven. So, he kind of ranks a little higher for me. Now, his team is very well hard because of their typing I got that steel type because it was newer and let's base that whole person around it because that's what they did and oh his metagross his metagross ah that thing swept me so many times it's so strong because it just doesn't care it just takes damage and will deal it back with a vengeance Ugh. Now, of course, the other Elite Four members aren't that bad. Well, except for Drake. Because Dragon-types. And that also 
where one of my favorite and my absolute favorite Pokemon came from was this generation. Now, getting on to Drake, because of his team. Yes, I love dragon types. Sue me. <laughs> but the dragon types, the two in particular that I'm talking about, are Salamence and Flygon. I love Salamence because of the little story you get from reading the Pokedex entry for him and his subsequent uh, predecessors, Bagon, Shalgon, and Finding Salamence. Bagon's story begins with the fact that you read that they want to fly so desperately that they will huck themselves off cliffs in order to try and fly. And of course they just land and that's where they have those hard heads. And that to me just speaks to the fact that if you try hard enough, you'll get there eventually. And then you get Shellgon, which is of course the teenage version. It's all hooked up into the shell. And of course is I, I I knew I felt a lot about Shellgon, especially when I be, now that looking back when I when I was a teenager, because as a teenager you're stuck in that shell. You're just so closed off and you don't know what to do with yourself and it's oh it's so much to deal with all the time and it's still a lot to deal with but now that when you get older it becomes easier and that's when you can sprout your wings and that's what Salamence has given and of course I don't think I'm there just yet I, no one really is you, you'll get there eventually it takes time of course but I'm not full-grown Salamence yet, <laughs> if, forgive my weird phrasing there, but, ah, uh, just so many amazing memories, and <laughs> the designs, I, I love the designs for a lot of the Pokemon, I haven't really gushed over that, so here we go. We got Mudkip, for example. He's this goofy little fish, <laughs> little mudfish, and he's so derpy looking with just that just face that's just like, I'm dealing with life. Here we go. And then it gets older, comes Marsh Stomp, and then we got Swampert, which is of course a big fan favorite like everybody loves Swampert now I know that this game it has of course its problems and but even with those problems I don't really care it holds a place in my heart because it really helped me get through things especially over time because going back on those on things that are nostalgic and will pass you by as all life does eventually going back on those old things when you're just digging through a closet or a dresser or a box and you find that old cartridge you can't help but be a little a little curious and just want to pop it back in again and that's what i do from time to time when i find it because of course my Games, of course, over time have grown, and I lost the we lost the case to that game a long, long time ago. Either that, or it got thrown away at some point. But I digress. 
when I find that cartridge, I can't help but try to find either an old Game Boy or my DS and pop it in again. And I'm sure there's a lot of games like that for a lot of people. But this one's mine. I especially love the character design because it's very distinctive. I talked about that a little bit earlier, but let me just kind of go into a little bit more detail on that. With the main characters, either Ruby or May, I find their design very interesting because of just it's very built for the very aquatic area that you find yourself in. And I'm, I don't think I'm the only one who thought that Ruby's hat was actually his hair and that he was just wearing a headband. But no, that's a hat. And I always wondered how that hat worked because it just kind of stood up. Like, how much hair does this kid have? Is this like a fin from Adventure Time thing? If he takes that off, we'll just be like, just this flowing sea of hair. Ugh, I cannot imagine taking care of all that. But, of course, this is also the first Pokemon game where you actually have a dad. And it's very odd to the fact that your dad is... You don't even live in the same place. You live in, I believe, the starting town while he is off being the gym leader. And, of course, it's the normal time gym leader, so he doesn't beat the crap out of you too badly. But, just... (laughs) Like, come on, you... I get to see you on TV every once in a while. Come home. (laughs) And it really... I always... It always is... There's a lot of funny moments in this game, of course. The fact that... At the start, you're in a moving truck. The back of a moving truck. And it's seemingly... As you can... You can actually see... In the cutscene... That there's boxes moving around. So nothing is exactly tied down. And you're just sitting back there. You're not up front with your mom. You're sitting in the back, freaking having these whatever boxes shake around while you're just like, well, I'm just hanging out, waiting for death, <laughs> I guess. Of course, you're finally let out, and the game starts and everything. Though I've always found it interesting that every time there's a certain story sequence, there's that sudden rush of music. Music plays a big part in a lot of things. And I talked a little bit about the surfing music and the battle theme, which is the legendary horns. Because the Game Boy Advance for that just loved the horns. Because it could really use them now. So why not put them everywhere? It's very interesting seeing that. The music how it can affect and how it just like for example when you first encounter any of any team aqua member or the first time you encounter team aqua the music is very snappy and just very like hey this is an exciting scene get ready for this like whoa and of course you win because you have to and you take your money their money because criminals don't need money. <laughs> it's very... And of course, the the design is for Team Aqua is very pirate-themed. Especially with the Team Aqua boss. But they he his plan isn't exactly going to work right. Because 
I don't know why, but apparently those two, Max, Maxi and the other guy, I'm just blinking on the name, Archie, I think. They grabbed the wrong orb, and I don't know how they do. They did that, because they are, uh, they're color-coded. One is for one, and the other, the red one's for one, and the blue one's for the other, and yet they messed it up. And that's why the legendaries are angry. Now, of course, the real story is an emerald, but I always found it funny that one version of the story is Groudon's mad, he's gonna, he's like gonna turn like everything to land, and just destroy the, the continent, because somebody gave him the wrong marble. And then Kyogre is the exact opposite, except he's gonna be a, he's gonna be the one to flood everything. But then came along the remakes. Omega for Ruby and Sapphire, which are Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, which just brought in a whole new league of things. Now this was also the first game with real-time weather effects, which could play which played a part in certain things. I especially remember finding the, my first Absol in the tall in the very, like extreme tall grass where you can't ride your bike because apparently you can't go, go through it with rubber and your own muscles. So you just run around. Of course, there's the kids hiding in the grass, acting like fake grass. And of course, sometimes you can't really see them because it's kind of hard to see sometimes. But other times it's very obvious. But I caught my first Absol there. And I just remember being like, whoa, it's so edgy and so cool. Because as a kid... You like things that are edgy and just, eh. <laughs> like, like most kids. And it's just, it, that kind of thing, just catching random Pokemon, the designs are very distinctive. And I talked about that a little bit with Sableye and Metagross, Trico Shiftry. I also enjoy the Loudred and, of course, Swalot or Talo and that evolutionary line right there. I probably said the name wrong, but that's besides the point. This is all just out of my own memories. This is why it's called the memory box. And every time you go through, you just find, you can always find something new. And there's, of course, different ways to play. I've, there's, of course, the Nuzlocke, Nuzlocke runs, but I've never attempted one, of course. I've thought about it. I've started one one time, but I didn't really get all that far. And... I always find it interesting how, as kids, we especially can make a story in our own heads of how things really look and feel about the world. I think that I did that the most because in certain sections, I would always walk slower. Like in the rain, I always imagine that you can't really see because it's pouring. So you gotta like walk slow and bring your arm up to cover your eyes so you can go. But that's just a few of the things. And, of course, all the... all. The game isn't that long and it's not that hard, just like all Pokemon games. None of them are really that hard to do unless you're doing like a Nuzlocke or any other hard version that I don't know of, though I it will never stop me from either playing a version of it or the old cartridge again, because that kind of stuff holds a place in your heart that never really goes away. And I think that's really special. I think holding on to those aspects of yourself does a lot. 
especially for me, it helps just help me get through life and just put a little bit of smile into my face when I look back. And that's why I started this, is to look back on the past and remember things and kind of bring a smile to my face. And that's what I hope to do, is just smile. Because those memories and those things about certain games will always exist. Sapphire will always be there. It's my rose-tinted nostalgia glasses-filled love affair. And I will never let it go. I I will probably play it all over again after I'm done with this, after I'm done recording. But hearing... That old startup menu music, Flash, Kyogre, and its glowing red lines, and then going on that adventure again, out on the sea, and I can't wait. So, I think this is where I'll stop for now. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you next time with a different topic of another series. Maybe not a game, maybe a movie, maybe a show, maybe something else. Who knows? See you next time.